Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1012, it's a Monday, 20th of November, 2023. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. Good to have you along this morning. Hope the weekend was swell. We'll recap it. Lots to talk about. Chew on from that weekend coming up here in about uh, 25-ish minutes or so, including whatever that was from the Vikings last night. Uh, one time a year, a roof of the Vikings when they play a Sean Payton team, and that's what I get for it. At least my team won. That's fine. Anyway, I'll talk about all that coming up a little bit. Uh, plenty of hockey to get to. Unfortunately, most of it's on the negative side of things. It's just been that kind of month, it feels like, for both of my favorite hockey teams, the Bulldogs and the Wild. And we'll talk about that now. Our good friend Pat Micheletti joining us. Happy early Thanksgiving, sir. How are you? Uh, same to you and your family, Bruce, and uh, all the Bulldog fans up there. Uh, good. Um, you know, it's, you're you're, you're you kind of hit it on the head, you know, when you when you talk about the wild and their woes, and you know all the um, uh, different scores that we're seeing in college hockey. Um, I, I shake my head sometimes. I'm like, well, they beat them, but they beat them, but they beat them. Um, you know, type of type of scenario. So here we are. Yeah, let's start with the college. Uh, UMD's winless in eight. You saw the Bulldogs a couple of weekends ago, both ends of that series against Minnesota. I don't want to sit here and pretend that I think that this team is is one that is you know full of all this national championship potential this year. I I, I went into it somewhat realistic and not knowing what to expect, but not thinking that this was going to be a a, a big time contender. That said. I, if you'd have told me that they're going to go winless in eight games at any point in the season, I've been very surprised. And, and here we are; they're winless in eight at zero seven and one. And they—it's just been—it's frustration after frustration, and everything's kind of as it does a lot of times. Pat, when you get in these funks, everything builds on that. Early in the in in the season, and I'll say this for every team. Now, now some teams. Um, you look at the roster and you see them play a game and they're ready from the get-go. This is how it's going to be all year. I'll take Minnesota a year ago with, with the three defensemen that they had. Um, there weren't a lot of um, worries, if you will. Um, and I, you know, I, I look at the Bulldogs and, and, and the, the loss of Dominic James, I think is, is just astronomical. Um, for what he brought to that UMD team. And uh, he, you know, and then and then what happens, because you, you lose him, right? Well, you got to replace him. And to me, it's not always next man up. You know, you are slotted in certain places for a reason. And so I think right now UMD is, is A, trying to figure out how, what, you know, what the best way for them to win is. And and secondly, trying to replace a guy like Dominic James, um, you know, and, and all the things that he did for his, you know, for for that team. So you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of twofold. But 
listen, um, UMD's not winning games now, obviously, eight in a row. Uh, but but a lot of teams are, are going through that, and, and that's why you and I have always talked, you know, let's get to January, because by January, you kind of know your personnel a lot better. You know what, what works. So there there is time, even though it's, it's uh, you know, may not look good right now, but there's still time to, to right the ship. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And I, I mean, I, even over the weekend, I saw things that I liked. I thought Matty Perkins had a really good weekend, and, and I, I feel like he's perhaps a, a guy that, you know, a freshman coming in, asked to, to, to move to center. He's not – it's not his most familiar position, maybe not his natural position, but he's playing it now. And and maybe as, as coaches will say sometimes, you get these kids in, they, they're, they're almost drinking through a fire hose at first – but it feels like the yep. game's starting to slow down for him. I feel like the game's starting to slow down a bit for Aaron Pionk and you know everything he's been through and 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 remembering that he was awfully close to Adam Johnson as well. Right. The last the last right. few weeks of there's no way they've been easy for for a young guy like Aaron Pionk and I feel like I'm seeing more growth from him on the ice. And those are two guys that are freshmen that I, I think they're only going to continue to get better as the season goes on. It gives you something to be excited about and what they might be able to do, but at the same time, you know this, your freshman can't lead the way for you. No, and, 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 and that's part of the problem. You know, I, you know I, I see that with Minnesota in, in, in a sense where, you know, last year, you know, they, they had the three big D, right, and they had Matthew Nyes, and then, you know, Kuleen Snuggerud played a big part in that. But, but all of a sudden, those guys are gone. And and the keys are being turned over to somebody else, somebody else who has who played a lesser of a role last year, and all of a sudden you get the keys to the car, and you have to perform every night, and it takes a while for for any young kid um, to understand and take on the responsibility, and 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 know what to do on a nightly basis, and and so. Um, you know, you, you have to have patience with, with some of these young kids because um, sometimes they're, they're just not ready or just don't understand. And it'll come, but you but you got to have the patience. Pat McAuletti joining us. I did not see Saturday's game in Stockholm. Uh, we were in St. Cloud, and the hotel room didn't have Bally Sports North. And quite frankly, I was too lazy to sign into the app, and so we started cruising around town and running some errands and doing some other stuff. And I, I listened to some of the game and, and followed it on my phone, and I, it didn't sound like a scintillating affair. I watched yesterday's game, uh, missed like the first five minutes or whatever. But would it be wrong of me to say that the Wild yesterday – played a game that was much more conducive to how they need to play, even if the result wasn't what they wanted? Well, I think both days. You know, uh, um, uh, listen, they're, they're, they're playing hard. They're, there's, you know, it, it's not like they're losing because they're lazy or taking shifts off or, or what have you. They are who they are. And, and you know, there are just better teams out there. Now, that being said, if I look at the West, right, and they haven't played a lot of uh, teams in the West, I think 14 of their games have been against um, the Eastern Conference. And the Eastern Conference is awfully good. But when I look at the West, Bruce, um, I, I look at St. Louis. I look at Arizona. I look at San Jose. I look at Anaheim. I look at Winnipeg. I look at Nashville. 
and I say, are those teams that much better than, than Minnesota? And, and the answer is no. And so, yes, do we know Minnesota, Minnesota's team is not built to win a, a Stanley Cup yet? Correct. You know, they are not. Um, but, you know, even though they're in a funk, there's, you know, they can still make the playoffs just because the, the, the Western Conference is, is pretty mediocre overall, in my opinion. And the thing that concerns is, you know, the, the theory is that if you're not within four points of a playoff spot when we get to American Thanksgiving, there's a pretty good yep. chance you're not going to make the playoffs. The, the odds are, are astronomical against teams that are further back than that. Right now, I, the, I would agree. Yeah. I was going to say the Wild are four uh, points back no, right I, now. I, saying, I, I, would, I, would, I would normally agree with that. Um, and every year, I, you know, that. I, I use the same adage that, that you just used. But but then again, you know, I, I just don't you know, who knows with the Western Conference. Yeah. It's just, you know, a team could could go in a funk like the Wild are in right now and, and the Wild could catch fire for a little bit and then even things up. So I'm not saying they're going to do that. They're gonna to have to start playing a heck of a lot a heck of a lot better in their own end and uh, you know, and, and start scoring some timely goals. But you know, this year, I think it's just a really, really weird year. Pat, your thoughts on Kirill Kaprizov. I, I don't – I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. Um, I am not an expert on things like skating stride. I, I know what looks right necessarily but versus what doesn't, but I don't know how to get there. I don't feel like he's looked right. I, I don't know if that is a, 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 a kind of leftovers from last year and, and the – the, the accordion hit he got from Logan Stanley late in the season that he it felt like he came back maybe too early from to get ready for the playoffs or if there's something else going on. But he hasn't looked right to me, and it's it's concerning because your, your best player, when you're in a funk like this, Pat, your best player has to be your best player, and Kirill Kaprizov has not been that. A couple, couple thoughts on that. Um, I think he's trying to change his game a little bit. I, I think that's uh, you know, you know, we saw how he used his edges um, in the past, right? Where he'd hold on to the puck and, and could literally hold on to it for 30, 45 seconds. I think that's changed a little bit. So I don't want to say his work ethic is is different, but it kind of is because of that. Um, secondly, I don't think his line mates have played very well either. Yeah. And let me tell you. Um, uh, you you cannot. I don't care who you are. Ask Bill Watson. Ask uh, Brett Hull. Ask you know any of the former great UMD Bull, Bulldog players um, who put up monster years. How they did it? They did it because with the help of their line mates. And I think Zuccarello's been um, you know been been awful. And 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 um, and you know and those two work so well together. I think his game has got to pick up. Um, so. I don't want to put it all on, on, on Kaprizov, and I'm not going to make excuses for him, but if they're going to win, he has got to score. And, I mean, there, there's not much there to score. And same goes for Matt Boldy. Yep. He, I think he's, he's got nothing in eight games since he's been back. Now, yeah, do you give him a little leeway because he was hurt and he's coming back? Timing and all that, for sure. But, listen... If those guys don't score, you're not going to win games. 
No, you're not. And, and it's just that's the bottom line. Those those guys are being paid to score goals, and and they've combined right. for they've combined for two even strength goals this season, and that's yeah. uh, that's one fewer even strength goal than Jake Middleton has scored by himself. So that's I know, isn't that a bit of a problem. <laughs> it, 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 you know, and, and Jake Middleton's fine, but he's not. If he's got more goals than those two combined at even strength, you, you've got some issues on your hockey team uh, on the defensive side. I think it's safe to say right now Brock Faber is the Wild's best defenseman. Did you see that coming this quickly, or, or, or has he no. even has he even has he even surpassed your lofty expectations? When I saw him in the playoffs, I thought he played conservative, didn't make mistakes, and was very good. Now I'm seeing him get involved offensively, and you know jumping up in the play. I am surprised that it's happened this fast. And you're right. He is their best defenseman, and it's not even close. And so, um, you know, I knew he would get there at some point, but not this fast. And, and you know, I, I think about where would this team be without him, um, you know, right now. And so, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really happy, happy for him, but – you know, he, he needs some help back there also. Yeah, he does. We, we need to clone him is what we need. No, um, yeah. so they trade Kalen Addison, which, fine, whatever. I, I they, were, they were clearly not happy with him in a lot of different oh. ways. They were never going to get out of him what they thought they could get out of him. Good for him. Get him a change of scenery. He's going to play a lot more minutes in San Jose, and hopefully he can find his game there. But beyond that, how long do you wait? Because it's an awful lot of minutes to put on a 21-year-old, the kind of responsibility this would entail. How long do you wait to try Brock Faber running that top power play unit? Uh, not long. I mean, look at their power play. Yeah. It's dreadful. And, and, uh, and, and listen, you don't have to be the um, – you know, what Brock would bring to that power play is – I mean, he's got great vision, right? And, and he skates so well, and he can get the pucks in the zone, which saves you – um, some time and you know you you gotta you gotta be able to try something because uh, the, it, it, the, I I almost want to turn off the TV when their power play um, gets going you know starts right and then turn it on two minutes later so I don't get so upset um, it's been that bad and uh, you know I I think it's it's not too far down the road he'll be doing that shocked to be sure the five forward formation didn't work very well I can't believe it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's another. That's the first, another, uh, the first time I saw, the first time I saw that, Pat, I'm like, okay, this is something that you do once, maybe to send a message to somebody, and yep. and then you go back to the way it was, and everybody's fine. They did it that way for like a week and a half, and I'm like, okay, you are at this point, you are begging to be scored on shorthanded repeatedly by doing this. So I'm not shocked well, they went back. Yeah, with the, with the skill level that is in the National Hockey League, and asking you know two guys to uh, defend uh, because you do defend when you're when you are when you are on the power play. Believe it or not, you do defend. Uh, you don't have the puck all the time, and um, so um, yeah, uh, you know. Well, uh, I'm sure they're going to be trying a bunch of different things uh, this week, and yeah, and oh by the way, they face Colorado on Friday, <laughs> yeah. so. Um, it does not get any easier at all. No, it does not. Uh, it's, uh, but they got the week to think about it, get ready, and, and hopefully they can put their best foot forward against the Avalanche uh, back at home on Friday night. Uh, Pat, have a great Thanksgiving, my man. I appreciate this as always.
Yep, uh, and uh, to all the Bulldog fans, happy Thanksgiving, and don't worry, you will win soon. We will hopefully win very soon, hopefully right way out of the bye week. That'd be great just to uh, get this bad taste out of our mouths once and for all. Thanks as always, Pat Micheletti. We're out of timeout. We've got plenty to get to on this Monday morning. Thoughts? Text them in, 218-722-0839-1028. Bruce Siski Show, Monday morning edition, 610 103.9 KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. We'll talk Minnesota football next. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of NICE. Second-ranked Ohio State beat Minnesota on Saturday 37-3, and Justin Gard spoke with Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck after the contest. Outmatched, outcoached. Great football team across from us. Beat us in every face. What were the difficulties, especially in the early in the second half? You've got 13-0, you're hanging in the game, and within a minute you're down 27-0. Fumble the football, can't do it. Got protected football. And then uh, we misfit. One misfit, that's what happens against them. And uh, they'll learn from it. we got some young players there that just got to learn from it. That's what happens when you misfit. When you misfit, it's to the house. So we got a lot of things we can, we can correct and get better. That's a great thing about it that we're learning from. But you're not going to make those mistakes and beat the number two team in the country, that's for sure. What did you see from your defense in the first half to keep you in the game, to hold them to those field goals that you didn't necessarily see in the second half? Well, I think, uh, you know, as they started to drive into plus territory, buckle down a little bit. I think some of it was lack of execution on their part. I think some of it was really good defense on our part. We highlight and, and really dissect that. Is it really bad offense or is it really good defense? And I thought our defense really played well as, as, as people approached the green zone, played stout. And one thing I'm proud of this team is they, they played their tail ends off, you know, but we got outmatched. They're, just, they're better than us, period. That's Gopher coach P.J. Fleck, whose team will host Wisconsin in the regular season finale this Saturday. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAO. We are brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris. Sanju.com. Head up the expressway and see that beautiful campus near Two Harbors. Sanju, where the cars are every weekday morning from 6 or from 10 until 11. Almost elongated the show quite a bit which would be a lot of work for me. Uh, busy weekend to recap. We will do that coming up. Take your texts, 218-722-0839. That text line's always open and monitored a eh, fair amount at least. That's all to come, 1034, Monday morning, Bruce Siski Show. Back after the news on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. Just living the dream. I love that. You know what? I will have some meatloaf. Let's have some meatloaf. You want some? Yes. I knew you'd go. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? I never know what she's doing back there. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAO. Ten forty Monday morning. Short week for us. Off Thursday for Thanksgiving. We'll have the CBS Thanksgiving special Thursday and also off on Friday. And so that'll be a 
Eli, a very shortened up week. We've got tomorrow, Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. They better win tonight. <laughs> it's just saying. That would be so Timberwolves-like to slide into the top spot in the Western Conference and then lay an egg at home, first game back from a long trip. That does happen. That will be a thing that happens to teams over the you know in baseball, in hockey, in basketball. You get those long road trips, and you get back that you know a couple days later, and out comes an egg. It does happen. Hopefully, it didn't happen to the Wolves tonight. Allen's on the call, six forty-five for the coverage, seven o'clock for the tip as the Wolves take on the New York Knicks at Target Center in Minneapolis here on KDAL. Uh, Allen tomorrow, also a UMD cross-country track and field coach. Brett Jensen as they make the transition into the indoor track season beginning here coming up in December. Also on the radio show this week, UMD women's assistant Justin Grant. We'll have that on Wednesday. Also got a tape with a UMD men's basketball graduate Drew Blair, the Bulldogs' all-time leading scorer. Uh, that'll be uh, this week as well. Uh, in a very short week, as I said on the radio show, this here uh, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and off the rest of the week for the holiday and the wolves have uh i think grabbed a few people's attention so it's 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 fun right that's cool you look at the standings you see the wolves in first place in the west by percentage points over oklahoma city the thunder have played two more games and split them so they're technically even but the wolves have the win uh, the winning percentage advantage so right now they're in first and i think they play later on here this week i think I want to say it's, boy, they play this weekend or is it on Wednesday? No, they play Philly on Wednesday. When do they play Oak City? It's before the end of the month, I'm pretty sure. Next Tuesday they play Oak City. It's part of the in-season tournament. That's why I figured it was happening here uh, very soon. So excited to watch the Wolves tonight. We'll see how that goes. Talk to Alan tomorrow. Uh, Vikings, uh, yeah, that wasn't very good. You know, I go back to... What game was it? The San Francisco game. Because that was before they played Green Bay. Yeah. So they're playing San Francisco, and it felt like that was a game that became unnecessarily close because the Vikings were kicking the tar out of them. It was really impressive. It was the best I've seen Kirk Cousins play, and it felt like that game became needlessly close because, in part, how conservative Kevin O'Connell got. They had a fourth and goal at the three, chose to kick a field goal. They had a couple of fourth and short situations they chose to kick in. And I just felt like they had a couple of opportunities to really put the the supposed foot on the throat, foot on the gas, whatever cliche you want to use. And they didn't do it. And, and as a result, San Fran had a chance late until Purdy threw the interception to seal it for the Vikings. The Packers game. The Packers are not very good, especially on the defensive side. And they were still, they were really struggling on offense when the Vikings saw the Packers at Lambeau earlier this month. And again, it felt like a game where the Vikings let the Packers hang around by being overly conservative kicking field goals in situations where they, they had a fourth and one like at the 20 yard line on their first possession of the game and instead of trying to get the first down against the team that does not stop the run very well at all the Vikings went for a field goal and missed it and and suddenly you've got a game 
that is it's it ends up being tighter than it needs to be. And I felt the same way last night. The Vikings are up 10 to 6 with roughly 3 minutes to go in the second quarter. They had a third down and one just inside Denver territory and in in a game where they're picking off 4 or 5 yards a pop with the running game. Kevin O'Connell calls a swing pass to Alexander Madison. Pass a little wide, but it's catchable. Hits Madison in the hands. He doesn't catch it. He doesn't have great hands. And so my first thought as I'm sitting watching this play is, well, they're going for this on fourth down. Because why? when you're ripping off four or five yards of carry at the minimum against a really ratty run defense, why would you throw a cute little swing pass on third down and then punt on fourth down? Sure enough, they punted. So Denver gets the ball with like three minutes left in the half. We know because the Vikings had the ball to start the game, Denver won the toss and deferred its option at halftime. So we know Denver is getting the ball to start the second half. And here is Kevin O'Connell handing the ball back to Russell Wilson at the 20-yard line with three minutes and change left in the first half. It takes Denver two plays to get to the spot basically on the field where they would have gotten it had Minnesota gone for it and failed on fourth down. Two plays. And because Denver had those extra plays and the extra yardage to cover, they basically ran the clock out before halftime, kicked the field goal. Now, granted, their offense was extremely inefficient down the stretch in the first half as it was throughout the game in the red zone. But you don't you do not know that's going to continue. So they get the field goal very late in the half from Will Lutz, one of his five that he hit. And instead of being up 10-6, you're up 10-9. Instead of maybe being up 17-6 or 13-6, you're up 10-9. And because Denver had that extra ground to cover, ran some extra time off the clock, the Vikings had no time to do anything before recess, which meant they had to turn around and give the ball right back to Denver. Now, did they know Denver was going to do nothing with that possession? No, they did not. They gave Denver a chance to pull a double because they managed the game and the clock so poorly. Fast forward to the last sequence. Vikings are down a point after Denver gets the touchdown. It was a great pass by Wilson, a great catch by Sutton. In all fairness, you tip the cap. so they Their guys get paid too, and sometimes they're going to make a play on you. And they made a great play to get that ball in the end zone and take the lead. Vikings shut down the two-point try, so they know that they're going to just need a field goal to win the football game. Three timeouts, minute and three. They get it at 25, and things did not take long to go south. T.J. Hawkinson got hit pretty hard on a first down pass. He extended, tried to catch it, could not because he got hit pretty hard. I I don't know if Josh Dobbs has a mission in life to get T.J. Hawkinson in the hospital at some point, but it, it seems like that's the direction we're going on this one. And... So that turns into trouble because now it's, now you're behind the sticks immediately. It's second down and 10. They get Addison for a nine-yard gain. He's got to tiptoe to get his feet inbounds, and therefore he can't turn up field and get the first down. Then on third and one, instead of, again, just run the ball, you've got three timeouts because Addison got out of bounds. You've still got all three of them. Instead of just run the ball and get the first down, they try to be cute. And Joshua Dobbs can't get to the marker. He stopped just short. 
and the Vikings have to call a timeout with 43 seconds left. And now they have to get the fourth down at their own 34. So they run the quick sneak play with Dobbs, get the first down, immediately call timeout. Now you've wasted two timeouts. And when Dobbs, yes, on the third down play, he got sacked. They called grounding. It was the same effect. They would have gone back. It's a spot foul loss of down. So whether he got sacked in that spot or got called for grounding in that spot, the Vikings still had to burn a timeout to avoid a 10-second runoff. They would have burned the timeout on the sack anyways, but that was their third timeout because they wasted that third down play. They would have had two timeouts on a fourth and 25, which would have allowed them at least the option to use the entire field. Instead, Denver's taking the sidelines away as they should. You want to get a first down down the middle of the field in that situation? You go right ahead because you've got to run up and clock it if you do get the first down. And you would have had about maybe four or five seconds on the clock. After that, you wouldn't have been able to run another play. You would have had to go to the end zone. And the game would have been over. The Vikings managed the clock so poorly. And and this has been an issue with Kevin O'Connell. He's got to get better at that. Because this is a game the Vikings dominated. And they absolutely 100% should have walked out of there with a comfortable win. Instead, they find themselves late down a point. They don't manage things very well, and they get beat as a result. And you're sitting at 6-5 and five in, a, in a kind of a, a clustered mess of teams in the NFC. There's no guarantee of anything right now. And yeah, the Vikings have some cupcakes on their schedule here, but... That Raiders game suddenly looks a lot tougher than it did when Josh McDaniels was coaching them. The Bears took the Lions to the limit yesterday. That's no guarantee next Monday night. This this might be a game because the Vikings were as dominant as they were in the first part of it. This might be one that they sorely regret not getting when they look back on the 2023 season. Tough one to swallow, especially against that guy, Sean Payton. 10.50, wrap it up in a moment on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. We've been through this before. Weekdays at 10 on KDAL. 10.59 tomorrow. Allen's on the call at Target Center tonight. He'll be on the radio show. Allen Horton will from the Timberwolves Radio Network tomorrow. As we discuss Wolves Knicks and the Wolves hot start to the season. Also, Brett Jensen, cross-country track coach at UMD as we get ready for the indoor track season. Our thanks to Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. Where the cars are, proud sponsor, we hope, of the radio show. Brad Bennett's up next to sound off for your Monday. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Delusive Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.